welcome to the Dellingpod with me, James Dellingpod. And I know I always say this, but I really am excited about my special guest this week. She's come all the way from the other side of the world. Her name is Bella Dabrera. Have I pronounced it Absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. Good. And I was I was trying to work out whether... I, I was guessing either Italian or Spanish, and you tell me it's Catalan? It is. It's a town called Abrera, and it's between Barcelona and Montserrat. And I gather it used to be a lovely place, but now they just it's a car manufacturing town, so it's pretty pretty boring. But once, I mean, I imagine with the de apostrophe, you must have been aristocratic, maybe. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I can also tell by the way that you pronounce it that you must be fluent in Spanish or Catalan or both? Or In my in my day, I was fluent in Spanish when I was doing my PhD. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, no one really speaks Spanish in Australia, so I don't get it, apart from the South Americans, but I don't really mix with the that's, Chileans. That's interesting, actually. I was discussing, because I'm, I'm having a, a, a Kim Kardashian moment. You know, you know, you know Kim Kardashian? Yes, I, I could. Yeah, she's, I do know she's, Kim Kardashian. She's, doing a, she's studying for law. No. Kim Kardashian is studying for a law degree. Or a, yeah, <laughs> sorry, that's yeah. No, no, I know, I know it is. And I'm thinking, one of our previous podcast guests was Jim Mellon, who who's into the whole idea of aging and the fact that we're all going to live much longer. So we're all going to need skills and hobbies to keep our brains active and to, to just entertain ourselves as we have mm. our second life. And I was wondering with the wife, with the fawn the other day, what what language... I should learn. And I was thinking, uh, I, my immediate response was German, because I did German at, German at O-level. Um, and so I've got the basics of the grammar, and it's not completely alien to me, but, it's, but it is so heavily inflected that it's mm. very hard to learn. And, um, but the form said probably she'd rather learn Italian. And I was thinking, actually, it certainly does annoy me when I go to, go to Spain and Italy that I can't communicate with the mm. locals in, in their language. So I think either... Italian or Spanish would be the one, and they, and they're also there'd be a piece of piss, wouldn't they? I mean, they, yeah. Look, once you, once you speak Spanish, then Italian comes naturally as well. But if you listen to opera, you've probably got half your Italian vocab at, at the ready anyway. I don't. So, do you know, Bella? You you obviously perhaps I'm assuming you're assuming, assuming too much about my culture. culture. Where there is yeah, yeah. None. <laughs> I don't listen to much opera I, at the moment. I like I like classical music, mm. um, particularly Bach and Rachmaninoff. I suppose would be my two favourites, but I haven't really got to the stage in life. I I, I I'm saving opera for my old age. Um, I like I like Puccini arias. Yes, that's good. Yes. Um, I I did go and see Richard Strauss, or or probably Ricard Strauss, as I would pronounce him, where I kind of up my own ass. <laughs> um, I I saw the one where they where three of them sing at the same time. Famous. Oh, that's the famous. Um I'm not. I'm not a Strauss. A no. Fan, anyway, but what, I know what else? What about. Else, yeah. But look, why, why not Spanish? Because then, because then, if you ever do go to South America, that's the whole continent covered. Um, and well, not 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 not, well, apart not from Brazil. Brazil. Apart from Brazil, I'm <laughs> sorry. Apart from big. Brazil, but then again, you can get away with if you've got Spanish, you can probably get away with Brazilian Portuguese because it's easier to understand than Portuguese Portuguese. Yeah. Dos dos So dos. Por favor. Do- Dos cervezas, por favor. Yeah. Sí. Okay. Yeah. So I can. So or I'm already on on, on, the, on on the way there. So you've got you've got okay English. Well, Australian, which is almost English. Oh um, yes, just. And and you've got Spanish. Have you got any others? 
Uh, languages. Yeah. Um, a little bit of Italian, a little bit of French, but it's just mainly mainly Spanish. And before we go on, I I, I was looking up your your CV, and I noticed you studied at St Andrews. You did, mm. your, you did your MA at St Andrews, and then you you've got your doctorate in history. I have from Cambridge. Now I tell you what surprised me there. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying you're too thick to get into Cambridge. <laughs> that that wasn't my argument at all. My, my, I still think my, they made a mistake. My, but... my my concern was look, how on earth. Did somebody of a right-wing persuasion get into Cambridge, get accepted for... Because uh, you have to be accepted, but don't you, by, by a, you do. a tutor? Yes. Or, yeah. what, what, Your what supervisor. Supervisor, yeah. exactly. And ha- So how did you pass that test? Because Cambridge and Oxford are so woke now, they won't let the likes of us in. I, I don't think they were woke in the 1980s. This is how shows, right. shows how old I am. So I started in 1998. Yeah. And there was absolutely no sense of uh, politics, identity politics, how I voted, what my views were. It just didn't come into it. I just, I remember I wrote to my supervisor, who was Professor David Arvelaf here, um, and said, look, I'd like is he, to... Is he, a, is he a lefty or do we know? No, he's not actually. He's one of the supporters of Brexit with Robert Toombs. So what? So you were, okay, so you were taught by one of the two... Yes. Cambridge. But I had no idea. I had no idea. It was, it was 1998. Nobody was talking about any, any of this. No. It, it, it's, it, you're so right. The world has changed so rapidly that I think it's taken all of us by surprise. Look, I, it, the last five years has just been, has been unbelievably quick in terms of how we've gone from sort of relative normality to, especially in the university sector, it's all coming out now. I mean, obviously, it's been, it's been bubbling away in the humanities since the 60s. Yes, but it's now becoming very, very apparent, um, and they're really putting their heads above the parapet in in Australia. But I can talk about more that, about that later. Yeah. Um, but you know, in the, in 1998, doing a PhD in history at Cambridge, I, I politics just did not come into it at all. I was just there to to, to study the Inquisition. Um, that's all we talked about in our in our supervisions. I went off to Spain. I read 120 court trials from 1480. Yeah. Um, and came back and wrote up my my thesis. And okay, so give me in a nutshell, what, what do we know about the Inquisition? Well, we know Good that thing or a bad we thing? know that it was it was it was it, this whole idea of people languishing in jail, you know, for years is it's a total myth. Maybe it was your paper or that I I heard of that 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 the Inquisition was has been overdone somehow. Oh, absolutely. But academics have known about this for a long time, but it will never enter the public the public sphere because people love this whole idea about the Inquisition. You know, Monty Python and the everything else. It will never will never be able to dispel this myth, even though we keep talking about it in in academia because it was basically it was a really well run court of law. Um, I read through the trials. They had defence counsels. Um, it, it, it was very strict. Um, nobody really wanted to be an inquisitor. It was a horrible job. You had to get up at you know six o'clock in the morning and work all day, and you probably killed the inquisitor that ran the tribunal. I looked at in Aragon was murdered at, in in the cathedral at midnight by the people that he was accusing. Um, oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so it was a, it was not a great job. So we feel sorry for the people in the pointy hats. Oh, they weren't wearing pointy hats, but yes, if they well, had. Torquemada been. in two thousand eighteen. Torquemada was brilliant. Torquemada Mother actually changed the medieval Inquisition and improved it because he found that there were things that was being run. So the Inquisition already existed yeah. because it had been used in medieval Europe against the Cathars who were totally bonkers. Um, and then... Are you not on the Cathar side? Not at all. They were insane. Really? Yeah, they were, they, they were sort of um, Gnostic Puritans and this idea that, that, that they, they, they were anti-marriage, they were anti-family... They were they they were twisting, um, the, the, they were twisting sort of Christian ideas and and just 
turning them they were pretty insane so you you two would have been burning them alive in Bezier Cathedral <laughs> I, Be- I personally Bezier. I, I probably wouldn't have but I wouldn't have, I would have supported the I would have supported an inquisition that was trying to work out who was a Cathar and who wasn't oh really yes, That's, I, yes. I, I, well, and I, again I would have supported the Spanish Inquisition as well that so so Torquemada was a great guy. He was, yeah. He was a Dominican. He was a lawyer. He was he was you know this whole Dostoevsky idea of Torquemada being this villain is just again it's just complete rubbish. But it's much more interesting to have these villains in history than it is. It's to all have... everything. Everything is about stories. Yes. And I had a fascinating conversation with my my very good friend Christopher Booker the other day, who's who's written the definitive book about stories, Seven Basic Plots, mm. and he was. We, we we spent half an hour talking about the the final episode of Game of Thrones, and and the bizarre. De- do, you, do you watch? Thrones I watched the final episode. The, okay, yes. so, so the bizarre, the apparently bizarre decision by by Tyrion to effectively bequeath the Iron Throne to to Bran because Bran had a better story than anybody yes. else. But Booker Booker said this this was not a, a trivial comment that that it actually goes to the heart of everything. We tell ourselves stories mm. about the world, and it's not the reality that matters; it's the stories that yeah. matter. So, isn't it fascinating that presumably Torquemada as as the arch villain and the Spanish Inquisition as the kind of the very type of of ruthlessness and cruelty was presumably Protestant propaganda. Yes, yeah, it was. It happened a hundred years after the Inquisition was. Uh, came to an end because the Inquisition only went for 300 years because by the by by the end of the sort of um, seven in, in the 1700s there was no point to it anymore so they just shut it down right um, and the whole sort of thing was just Protestant propaganda as you say that the, to, to make the Spaniards look just appalling was it not the case though that that uh, I, I know that um, uh, uh, Flora's in the in the Azores where Sir Richard Grenville lay um that he that he's got his sick men ashore and he brings them onto the ship because they know that if they're left behind for the Spanish, mm. the Spanish are going to subject them to the Inquisition and then kill them all. Did that not happen? Oh no, <laughs> not 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 in this respect. No, that that there was there was the Inquisition in South America, but that they they were pursuing the same people that they were pursuing in Spain. So the Conversos and the Moriscos, they were they were they were. And there were a few, there were a few Protestant heretics as well, but it was, it was never to the scale where a Protestant would be in fear of his life just by walking around the streets. Being oh, a Protestant. really? No. Uh, interesting. No. Okay. But again, it's a much better story. See, but look, notice my clever technique, and, we, and it wasn't even deliberate. I've, I've got you comfortable now. Yes. Because I've talked about a subject, an academic subject. Um, and you know it well, yes. and and I've lulled you into a false sense of security. Well, no, not a false sense of security. I've made it easier for you to talk about whatever the hell you like now because we've, we've we've broken. Yeah, the we've lines. covered the Inquisition. So, so um, I'm very very interested in what has happened, particularly to Oxford and Cambridge, just because I I think it's so important. This isn't a snobbery thing. Mm. I think it's so important that the the acme of of academe, which I suppose is what they are. That 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 it should be pursuing knowledge and truth without regard to concepts like social justice. I mean, I would I I frankly wouldn't care if every single person at Oxford and Cambridge had been private edu- privately educated if they were the best cleverest people. Mm. In the same way, I wouldn't mind if everyone at Oxford and Cambridge were black if they were the the cleverest and best people for the. It doesn't doesn't bother me. I don't I don't think that people's identity should have anything to do with um, whether or not they get into Oxford and Cambridge. 
but it seems to me that now both establishments and across the Western world, I mean, you've got uh, what Monash University, all the ones in Australia, they're, they're all the same, aren't mm, they? Yes. Yeah. Um, they have been so, they have so surrendered to progressive values that they've, they seem no longer to reject, they seem no longer to, to uh, celebrate excellence as their highest goal. Oh, no, look, that went out the window a long time ago. Australia has far too many universities. It has 43 universities. Yeah. Um, and they're just sort of cut, c- cookie-cutter establishments. Um, they're large, you know, they have a huge amount of students. Um, there's nothing different about any particular university from one to the other. There's right. a sort of group of eight, which are the, meant to be the, the top. So eight. it's a bit like American universities. It's a bit like American the, universities. The non-Ivy yeah. League anyway. Yes, we've sort of got an, there's a sort of equivalent to the Ivy League, but they are the worst. So the University of Sydney, yep. which, which is the oldest university in, in Australia, is probably yeah. the worst university in Australia when it comes to the humanities. Um, I must say, I have found that Australian lefties are more whiny and self-righteousness, self-righteous and, and, and ghastly than lefties almost anywhere in the world I've encountered. I mean, I think Irish ones are pretty bad. Um, I haven't, yeah, I, I suppose kind of Antifa is is, yeah. is big in, in Berkeley, so I suppose there's bad stuff in America too. But your lefties are pretty bad. They're pretty bad. Um, Why is that? I, I wonder about, I don't know. I think it's because... There is because the standard of I don't know if this is this has anything to do with with why they're so bad, but I think the standard of living in Australia is quite high still. It's still a very good country to live in. Yes. Um, there's not much suffering. There's yeah. not much struggle, and I think they've got more time. They've got the luxury of time and the luxury of a, of a high salary and a, and a very lovely lifestyle. So, you know, living in in a city, Sydney, with a view of the harbour or something like that. They've got more time to create suffering where there is none and to create this sort of division where there is none it seems to it seems to be keeping them it, ju- it justifies their existence somehow well you make a, a good point here and i think we can we can always segue perfectly mm. into one of your main preoccupations mm. which is the rise and fall of civilizations and is it not very much the case and all the people who've written about the rise and fall of civilizations say this that when a culture reaches a certain state of affluence, it also becomes intellectually decadent. You mm. get more kind of sexual depravity going on. The, 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 no longer do the people honour their gods. Um, the family starts to fall apart or be, or be less valued. The old traditions are not valued anymore. And people start embracing all these, well, what, what we would now call the woke ideology. And so, what you say about Australia's um, affluence would seem to fit in that into that perfectly. Yes, I mean, I haven't really thought about it in those terms before. I mean, they they are pretty bad, um, and they they there's a sort of this 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 self loathing in Australia that is very that is that is pushed by academia um, on the rest of society constantly, especially around Australia Day. Um, uh, but because you're not the what are they called the uh, the original no what are, because because what well, we're not the. What, what, what do you call the, the Aboriginals and other people? That the, 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 the Indigenous, the, the First Peoples. The First Peoples. We're not the First Peoples. Yeah. We're the, the, I don't know, the Fourth Peoples. or the, yeah. I don't know what peoples we are, but we're definitely yeah. not the First Peoples. Um, so there's this, this narrative that they keep pushing on the Australian public, which is you need to be ashamed of Western civilization. You need to be ashamed of, um, of being 
non-indigenous yeah um and this is a terrible past it's sort of you know this idea of um the stolen generations and everything else and it's constantly pushed from from academia onto the onto the populace and every year for the last three years i've done a, a poll around australia day yeah to ask people what they actually think about their history and what they think about being australian every year yeah australians say we're proud to be australian we're proud of our history we're proud of our country um we value the freedom of speech we value f- freedom of religion and it every year it gets it's getting higher and higher we're actually winning the debate Oh, we with and with, with real people. Where do, where, real people. Where do you conduct these polls? So we um, use a, a company, a research company, um, and we ask them to ask a thousand people a set of questions about how they feel about being Australian, and the results keep coming back in our favour, and it's fantastic. And it's even more fantastic given the the recent election results, because one thing I always say in my articles at the IPA is the the stuff that the left is pushing is totally out of step with mainstream Australians, totally opposite to what mainstream Australians believe and want. And now we're vindicated because they just voted that way. Gosh, from and your lips wonderful. to God's ear. It's wonderful. God's ears. Yeah, well, I, I, well, as you say, you have been vindicated also by the recent Australian election results, which came as a massive surprise, oh, didn't look. they? Because we were told that these were the climate change yeah. elections yeah. and that there was no quite the bbc was telling us for a long time uh, and i'm sure it was the same with your abc which yeah. is even worse than worse. the bbc was telling us that that, that labor was definitely going to win this one i know and we all believed it so so the weekend before the election we were sort of preparing ourselves for coming back into work on monday just thinking this is going to be three years of absolute devastation they are going the labor party is going to ruin the country um and then <laughs> By Saturday night, when we realised that we were winning, it, it was just unbelievable. And, and we were so unprepared for good news that we didn't know how to respond. Because how often do, do these good things happen, apart from Trump's victory and the recent um, the Brexit party results? When do we ever get good news being being concerned? Is it a bit like, I, I when I was travelling through Africa, I went to this um, this mission in, in, um, in Zaire, in, in the former... Belgian Congo mm. and I met this missionary who during the was it the Katanga crisis there was there was a terrible thing where where basically they were bumping off missionaries and white people generally and he'd been lined up in a row and they'd bumped off the people next to him and and then they they'd stopped by the time they got to him and I imagine that's how you must have felt it that, that, really that. was it was just it, we were so close we felt we was we'd been saved from just disaster um, because the policies that the Labour government were going to introduce would just ruin the country in three years. Um, Particularly, I think, on their environmental and, yes, and energy the policy. Stuff. What were they going to do? Um, well, they were going to introduce um, electric cars in the next, by, I think, 2030. Yeah. Um, everybody driving an electric car. Yeah. Um, they had this crazy sort of carbon reduction that was even more extreme than the Paris Agreement. Even more extreme um, than, than, than the one that recently caused massive brownouts yes. in, in South Australia. Yes, pretty much. And and the, the problem was they could never come up with a number about how much it was going to cost. So one of the things that, that really finished short and off was just being questioned by journalists going, and, and what's the number? How much is it going to cost Australians? And he couldn't answer. I'm um, so Bill Shorten is the, the ALP yes, leader, the Australian the Labour lead, Party. Yes, yeah, was the leader. And... and I'm surprised that any journalists were asking these questions, given your your mainstream media is as as horribly progressive as ours. We were surprised as well, but it, it did it did um, damage 
the, the, the party's line, uh, I think. The other thing that was great was John Howard, former prime minister, pretty much killed the whole campaign in just one sentence in a car park saying, you know, Labour, the Labour Party just wants to get your money. They just they just want to put, get their hands on your money. And everybody heard that. And there's so much respect for John Howard that, that he pretty much won the entire... Wow. He won it. Wow. Well, good old, good old John Howard. Yeah. John Howard was, was quite arid, wasn't he? Arid in terms of well, in, in terms of personality, he's quite kind of he's not he's not um, he's not very charismatic. Oh, is he? he's very charismatic. Oh, is he? Oh, yes. I'm sorry, I got it wrong. No, you've got it wrong. He's 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 amazing. He's one of these people that will remember your name in five. Uh, meet you once, remember your name, and then meet you five years later and, and know who you are. I want to meet it's John incredible. Howard now. It's incredible. I, w- I want him to remember yeah. my name. He will. He will remember your good name. Good old good old John Howard. <laughs> um, okay, so I've maligned John Howard, but now I've remedied that by by saying I want to meet him. Um, so, okay, so Labour were going to win and mm. then then didn't. And I saw Rowan Dean's fantastic oh. speech. His sort of victory lap on on I think Sky, yes, where he talked about side. this was the election and he explained but. And what he said rang so true to to me in the UK that um, this the great divides of our time between political correctness and common sense, between um, credulousness about climate change mm. and sound science, mm. between affordable energy and renewable energy, and so, and so on. He 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 laid out the 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 divide, and I'm just wondering why. Conservatives in the UK are not looking across to this shining example of in Australia, which is not dissimilar to to the rest of the West, is it? I mean, no, it's it's, it's the, the, the similar. So, I mean, New Zealand, Canada, UK, it's all the same sort of so, idea. So, well, we got, well, you, do you know anything about New Zealand? You can tell me about that in a moment. But oh, what, I, what I want to ask you is um, about what you were saying to me in the car on the way here that people didn't admit in polls that they were going to vote conservative mm. or liberal, as you call it, because for the same reason people didn't admit they were going to vote Trump, which is why the results came as a surprise. Is that right? Yes. So the polls got it completely wrong because people didn't even admit on the telephone when people phoned to ask how they were going to vote. They lied, essentially. I mean, that's the only explanation because when it actually came to the the, the, poll, the polling day, mm. um, uh, people voted liberal and the majority voted liberal. So I wonder why... And I do wonder why the English don't look don't look at that as an example and and take take um, um, solace in in the fact that they are in the majority. Pe- people are in the majority, but they're just too scared to admit it. Everything's up in the air at the moment over here. We don't know whether we're going to get Venezuela-style government mm. under Jeremy Corbyn, whether the Conservatives are going to get their act together under somebody like. Boris Johnson, presumably with some sound people underneath him, because Boris is a bit of is, is a mm. bit of a flip flopper. Um, whether he's going to restore conservatism, or whether Nigel Farage's Brexit party is going to steal the mantle of the Conservatives. Um, well, it's difficult when the Brexit party has no no policy other than Brexit. Interesting, you say that. There was a piece I read yesterday by a former UKIP. Guy Patrick Paddy O'Flynn, who Paddy O'Flynn, <laughs> um, who used to write for the Express, and I always thought was was 
I assumed he was pretty sound because a lot of a lot of conservative journalists pretend they're they to be sound and they're not really they're, they're basically squishes and and Patrick I I like him but he's a squish and he was saying I've I'm one of the few people who've read the Brexit Party manifesto and do you realize they have a skeleton in their their closet they are a classical liberal party <gasps> they said it, it defines itself as we are a democratic classical mm. liberal party mm. well for me that was like hang on a second i'm liking the brexit party more and more they're not ashamed to admit that they're the classical liberals in other words they are probably the heirs to, to mm. margaret thatcher mm. and that's exciting for me and i i think that unless the conservatives can can return to Anabasis to 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 Margaret Thatcher. They're fucked. I think so. It's and, des- and, and deservedly so. Yeah, absolutely. But this is this is what I mean. This was the problem with our previous Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, who he's was awful. He's an awful absolutely man. Absolutely horrendous. And he actually famously said he didn't care which party he was Prime Minister of. He just wanted to be Prime Minister. That's how. That's how fundamentally. Um, Lacking in in any ideals or beliefs that he has, he just didn't care. Well, he wasn't he called the Minister. honorable honorable member for Goldman Sachs? Yes, um, yes, because he's obviously you know he is he's classic Davos man, liberal elite. He was he was very kind of pro terrible. Climate his son's change. even worse. His son is just awful. Oh, what's his son called? Um, oh, I've forgotten. Mr. Jo- Turnbull is Jollyan. Jojo. <laughs> His son is just Jollyan. His son he ought to be called dreadful Jolian. things about 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 conservatives and I mean yeah it, it, they're, they're a terrible. But family. this is a terrible because this is the problem. One of the problems with the world is that the children of the rich tend to be being ladies and gentlemen of leisure tend to have plenty of time to go and go on on arts do liberal arts yes, degrees like the academics who yeah, have time yeah. plenty of leisure time just the, just as the the heirs of of rockefeller and so on they all turn left and they all they all spend the granddaddies and great granddaddies yes, well, millions on on shit causes they haven't had to work for it they haven't no. had to be entrepreneurs they haven't under, they haven't had to understand taxation or 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 hard work or talking of which yes that woman who was married to jeff bezos who's giving away her her multi-billion half of her multi-billion fortune do you think she's going to give it to any cause which is worthwhile? No, she won't. She won't. It'll no. all, it'll all yeah. go on shit, won't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of which, yeah. we've got a, a similar s- a situation in Australia. We've got the Ramsey Foundation. Have you heard of this? No, tell me. So he was a, um, a, 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 a sort of philanthropist and um, a millionaire who ran healthcare companies. He passed away about four years ago yeah. and he left an awful lot of money to start a Foundations of Western Civilization Bachelor of Arts in any university in Australia. Yeah. Oh. Do you know about this? You know, it's coming back to me. Tell me more. So it's been very interesting to watch. I've written about this. You've written about this too. I have. Okay. No well, one wants to host nobody it. Nobody wants to host it. They're actually taking the, the, the one of the unions is actually taking the um, Ramsey Centre for Western Civilization. They're taking them to court. Sorry. No, sorry. I get that wrong. The, the one of the uni- we have to start again. No, 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 it's fine. So it's- the university is confusing. So there's the University of Wollongong that they've finally settled on. It's one of the less universities in Australia. They've mm. finally said, okay, we'll have this BA in Western Civ. We might just teach. Okay, we might just teach some Shakespeare and some Plato and Aquinas. And yeah. um, and of course, the union and and a staff member from Wollongong are actually taking Wollongong to court for even a entertaining the idea of this Bachelor of Arts in Western well, a, a, Civilization. A Western Civilization because yes. it's so toxic. It's already been. Um, 
ousted by the University of Sydney, the one that's the worst university in Australia. Yep. Um, 200 academics signed this ridiculous letter saying that it was white supremacy writ large, and yep. there was no way they could have it on campus. Yep. Um, and ANU and other Australian national universities also rejected it. And another university, University of Queensland, is also rejecting it as well. So nobody wants this Western civilization, Bachelor of Western Civilization. And presumably it comes with quite a lot of money and, and oh, universities yeah, are short of money. No, they're not short of money. That's the problem. Oh, oh. Mega, mega funding from the government. So they're not, they don't need it. They don't need the money. They don't need this, the extra thing. And they're also terrified that the minute they have a decent course being taught to students, the students will realize that they're being fed absolute rubbish and will go and will want to learn about Western civilization, will want to read the classics. So they're terrified because they're going to be shown up for the, for the frauds that they are. Isn't this the most perfect example of the anti-intellectualism and anti-Western civilization attitudes which prevail across ac academia? I was thinking, my father-in-law studied history mm. at your alma mater, and he he had received a copy of Cambridge History magazine, and the lead article was was by a student who'd who clearly got in on kind of on on sort of diversity mm. grounds mm. and was now boasting about the fact that that her main joy at Cambridge had been to participate in the decolonize the yes. curriculum campaign tell me about decolonizing the curriculum you well, must know about that it, I do I think it hasn't hit Australia yet I'm waiting for the next that'll be the next big thing in the next couple of years because sounds like it doesn't Australia's, need decolonizing in your case well it they, they, they're doing it in terms of Actually, you're right, because it's taught so badly already, there's nothing to decolonize. Yeah. I've, I've had a look at every single history t course being taught across all 35 universities that offer history programs, and I can tell you that it doesn't need decolonizing because they don't... I like it I like it when a hard fact intrudes on this gender. podcast. So, so tell me more about this research yeah, you've done. Yeah, so um, I've done two papers looking into the history that is taught. I looked at every single subject, 746 subjects, and read through them all, mm -hmm. um, and basically... Identity politics wins. Identity politics is the king. So it's class, race, and gender. It's you know the extension of the Marxist idea of 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 just class, and then you add race and gender to it. And hey presto, you've got you've got the same course. You've got the same identity politics, totalitarian orthodoxy in every single course, um, with few exceptions. But um, but mostly, if you go and do a history degree, that's what you'll come out with. You'll come out with the idea that. That all of history can be explained in terms of this oppressor versus oppressed. Um, and then I looked at Australian history last year just to sort of see how Australian history is taught. And it was even worse, actually. So there are 147 subjects taught in total by all three, 35 universities, yeah. and 102 of them specifically deal with class, race, and gender. So that's three courses of all subjects at university. If you study Australian history, we'll look at, at the past through that lens. And they don't even mention one prime minister, one single prime minister in all the course descriptions in the whole history of the country, because the individual doesn't count. You see, you, you can't even talk about a, a Labour politician anymore, yeah. because because of the idea of identity politics is about the collective. It's not about the individual. It's 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 about the movement. Yeah. Um, so look, if you do a history degree in Australia, you'll come out pretty much twisted. You'll become up more ignorant, ignorant you will, than, than when yes, you arrived. Yes, you, you might know something. Well, look, if you've been through the Australian school system, it's unlikely that you'll know anything in the first place. Yeah. If you do, you'll know less. I've seen some, some heights high. 
Yes. <laughs> so that's, that's Which was presumably a, 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 very, a fly on the wall documentary. I'm very surprised accurate. he got away with it, actually. Probably wouldn't now. Um, I think he's it, interesting that he's, he's, he's got no ethnic characters anymore. He, he, he hasn't. He had, have you seen the new, yes, I the have. new one? Yes, he's the, got the South African. He's got the white South African. The who, but, but, but who's she's, tanned. Yeah, she's but tanned. She's, she's tanned. Not, she's not, not. No, he hasn't done that. No. Um, but he's. But I suspect I know where his politics lie. Yes, I think so too. And, and, and he, he gets caned for it absolutely. by the left. He's the, Guardian, yeah. the Guardian wrote a piece really slagging him off saying he's completely lost it. What's no, it? no, he's the only one that's producing anything of any... any oh, he's, he's any, good. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. The way he takes on those What's characters. What's his name? Oh, I'm sorry, I've got jet lag yeah, brain. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah, keep no. asking me things and I don't know. It's Chris. terrible, isn't it? Chris something. I'll remember by the end yeah, of the Yeah, well, we're, anyway, we know Summer Heights um, High, that look, guy. Yeah, Summer Heights High. So, it, yeah, look, the Australian schools, that's another thing altogether. We've got this dreadful national curriculum that is just an appalling thing to, to is it like common core in the u.s and yes but it's worse because it, they've got these things called cross-curriculum priorities oh. which are in every single subject so you, no matter what the subject you have to have indigenous and indigenous and torres strait islander histories right sustainability and australia and australia's engagement with asia in every subject by the way um apropos of nothing well, apart from that last last thing you said, mm. um, China has got Australia by the balls, isn't it? Is, is what I, is what I hear that they that they have the ability now to crash your economy at any time. Pour encourager les autres. You are totally in hock to to, to the China. Well, Chinese. just as much as the rest of the world, I think. Um, yes, yes, but you're but you're an easier target because well, you're smaller. Well, there is that, but we've also banned Huawei or however you pronounce it, Huawei. Yeah, Huawei um, or Huawei, yeah, Huawei. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so Which we is, haven't. Yes, exactly. They're gonna, so our new overlords more, are going to have got, easy access to our. Who's got more power? Who's got more power? Um, I, for one, welcome our new inset overlords, <laughs> and, and I'm looking for. Perhaps you should learn Mandarin. Forget Spanish. Yeah, but they can. Cantonese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this Cantonese is no good, is it really? Because because it's just Hong Kong. Yes, all right, Mand- uh, uh, Mandarin then. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, if, if you're thinking about the most utilitarian language to to uh, to learn, then... Do you know what? I think I, it would just be too depressing acknowledging that the Chinese are going to take over the world. That's the thing. That's why I want to pretend that we still live in yes, a world that a European culture I think dominates so. the world. Yeah, yeah. If you want to wake up and be not depressed in the morning, let's we'll go with that. So um, what were we talking about before, that, before um, I, I digressed? Well, we were talking about the national curriculum. Yes. Just these ridiculous things. So the teachers have to... Even if it's a math subject, they still have to have either sustainability or this Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander stuff in it. So children in Australia are not learning how to read or write. The, the literacy and the numeracy is just plummeting. Um, they're coming out of school just knowing nothing and barely literate. But when it comes to doing a dot painting, um, <laughs> symbol, yes. symbolising, what's well, it called? If it's coming, yeah, if it's Walkabout. Com- it, it's... Well, which actually dot paintings are relatively recent. They weren't. They, they're not even historical. Well, you know, it, well, so, this is fake history. It is fake being history being invented. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, I understand that there's, there's a kind of problem now. The fact that the Aboriginals aren't the aren't the the, the first people. This has been something that they really. That this has been this this idea has been around for a long time. That 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 these. But this is something that you really cannot say in Australia. <laughs> You really, so funny. This will be this is this is social social death for you if you mention this. If it's funny. But there are some cave paintings in the Kimberleys yeah. um, that that are, um, show people who are dressed a little bit differently um, and look different, yeah. and they look more Indonesian than they do um, Australian Indigenous. And again, 
Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about the idea that there might have been other people there. It's like that William... They might be the first peoples. They might be the second peoples. Have you read William Golding's The Inheritors? No, I haven't. It's written from the perspective of these Neanderthals on the verge of being wiped out by these these more savage incomers, which I think could be quite germane. Mm, yes, perhaps. You feel sorry for that. You feel sorry for the, the poor old Neanderthals. <laughs> they're all quite sweet. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, yes, I, I, I'm always fascinated by that. That, that, that there is a there is a definite treading on eggshells mm. aspect to Australia. Even even quite robust conservatives. I mean. I think Andrew Bolt's been in trouble for it. Bolt, yes, Bolt has been in he's trouble. So for it. He's so brave. He's so brave. He's so great. I love going on his show. I, I, he does whiskey with a mate. Have you seen that? And no. you basically just go and have a glass of whiskey with him on a on a Thursday night, on television. Whiskey with a mate. Yes, it's I want fantastic. to. Be, I'm going to do that. So yes, you have to do that when I come to Australia. And by the way, Australia, I am coming. Yes, I am coming um, next year. We've decided. That's wonderful news. No, no, it's. And we'll, it's we'll definitely get you on whiskey whiskey with a mate. Whiskey with a mate. Yeah. Or, or, or actually, you know what I'd like to do reefer with a mate <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> that was, I don't think well, that's going to go to where no well the the um <laughs> the, the americans do it don't they but, but now it's now it's now it's illegal now, now um anyway uh. um i wanted to so western civilization is actually your job defending western what, what t- tell, actually, tell me your title well so it's quite funny because we can't think of anything else but my title is the director of the Foundations of Western Civilization program. Mm. And often people forget program, so they just say that I'm the director of the Foundations of Western Civilization. Which, which, which yeah, is, okay. Um, and so, you know, when it collapses, it's going to be my fault because I'm the director of Western yeah, well, Civilization, don't, apparently. Don't, don't screw it up, then. <laughs> I'm trying not to, but Bella. it seems to be. It's sort screwing yourself it up. out. It's screwing it up all by itself. I, I, I'm, I'm doing my best. Yeah. Have you have you read all those books, like the, uh, all those essays and books like Glub? Pashas and and um, Speng, Spengler, the decline of the West, and are you familiar with? I'm with, familiar with, with them. Decline of civilization but theory. I, I look, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it as it. I'm, I'm witnessing as it's happening. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> I I think I know and uh, I know the, I know why it's happening, and I but I don't know how to stop it. No. Um, other than calling them out constantly, which is what I do. on the, the university's Bet Noir now in Australia. I think they've got a poster of me on their walls, which they throw darts at constantly um i i think you probably couldn't get away with this stuff at all were it not for the fact that you're a woman i think that 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 um, that helps doesn't it i well, mean you've I'm got you, you've got at least one minority card to play i've got a you, minority card and also true. you could probably play the you know you're a bit of a foreigner because you're debrera yes that's I mean, right that. so um it's funny to read the twitter comments actually because they just don't know where i'm from and someone said the, the other day when i was talking about australia day what does that english numpty know about about australia can i give <laughs> um, you a tip actually yes. bella why don't you you thicken your your Hispanic accent? I should, shouldn't I? Hello. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You say I, I you have say no I have no English. I I only speak a little your, little yeah. words. You're so much better already. <laughs> I'm I'm buying your arguments now. So so um, yeah. Next time you go on, on I the, will on the ABC. Oh look, we're not invited on the ABC. Well, that's which a is blessing. a blessing. Which is it, a is, it is a blessing. Yeah, I have to say, I, your ABC is not... There, there are different schools of thought on, on whether you should engage with the enemy or not. And there's the Paul Joseph Watson school of mm. thought, which says, fuck them, fuck them all. Yeah. I am not going to go anywhere near these horrible people because all they're doing is they're, they're to shaft me. And then there's the kind of, um, well, Brendan O'Neill 
is not, afra- I know, is he's not a, afraid. He's, he's very brave. A, he's brave, and B, he, he can play that pretend lefty card. Yes, he I'm, can. I'm a Marxist. Yes. Lol. And then uh, they, they can't quite sort of criticise him as they would normally because he's, he's, he plays this Marxist card, even though we know he's, he's not a Marxist. He's really, he's really he's, not a Marxist. He's totally one of us. But but we have this Q&A show on Monday night. I don't know if, if it's a dreadful panel. Q&A, Q&A. appalling. Q&A. Absolutely um, appalling. It's, so it's, that's the one where where the dodgy dodgy um, climate alarmist Brian Cox had yes. a go at Malcolm Roberts with a confected graph which yeah. he pulled out of yeah. his pocket and actually... Further analysis shows it's just more climate change propaganda. But how was Malcolm Roberts to know that when you know well, he was pulled out? Second? But I think I'm with you in terms of is is it really is there any point in going on the ABC I, when you you're just a lamb to the slaughter going on Q and A? Actually, maybe you can answer this question: mm. Is it just lefties who watch Q and A? Yes, so, unless there's one of us on it, and then and then the numbers, the viewing goes up. So again, you're not convincing anyone of anything because they're already convinced. Yeah. They're already stuck in their their leftiness anyway, and they're not going to suddenly go. Actually, he has a point. But how? So going back to your elections, um, tell me about the the leader of the Liberals at the moment. Scott Morrison is um, Scomo. Scomo, because Australians love shortening. Well, do you know names. how? Do you know how I, I know that more than anything? No. Um, I watch. Um, what's the series on Bondi Rescue? Oh yes. And do you know what? Why are they talking about you know, Scomo on Bondi you know, Rescue? They're, no, they're, they're not. But everyone's got everyone's got a nickname. And, <laughs> yeah, and I know I know the cure for every medical problem. <laughs> it's the green whistle. Have you seen? You bring out the green whistle, and it sorts out when it, when, when a when a white pointer's taken off your leg. <laughs> get out the green whistle. Yeah. And you're fine. The green whistle. Yeah. Um, have you watched the one where they all get stung by blue bottle? It, it actually puts you. Off going in the sea in Bondi Junction, um, Bondi Beach. Sorry, but it's Bondi Rescue. Bondi Rescue. I actually watched it as well. It's great because it's on at the same time as the news, the ABC News, and well, I rather so watch obvi- Bondi Rescue. Obviously, there's more truth. The there's news. more truth in it. That's true. Yeah. But Scomo, how how is he? Scomo, how I do you know Scomo well, from Bondi just, Rescue? I'm, no, no, I don't. I'm, I'm just saying that that's how they they shorten people's names in right. Australia. That, that everyone's yes, got a nickname and, and and all that. No, sorry. It was, I, um, I, I just wanted to I wanted to shoehorn Bondi Rescue into the conversation because <laughs> it's so important. I thought it might have been a, an episode I missed where Scomo was on the beach. No, no. I'm just going to get this cause along me just in case it's important. We'll just put on pause a second. Another dog's going. Hold on, I was going to. So I can't remember what we were talking about before. It doesn't, doesn't really matter because um, I wanted to ask you about feminism because it's all I I love it when I've got girls, or, as I call you, on Thank my you. on my on my show because some of them, quite a few of them, can't help telling me off in a kind of you know like you're a really naughty boy. Isabel Oakshot and even Katie Hopkins did it and a few others, but I like it when I've got a girl because. I can talk to them about feminism, which I think is a, I think it's a real problem with our culture. And I was just wondering what your take on it was. I mean, I imagine you must have seen quite a few of, quite a lot of it, third wave feminism in your time looking at universities and things. Yes, it's, I mean, I think the gender studies department. Is that escape dog? Oh my, yeah, escape, escape dog. dog. Oh my God, hang on. Okay, as you may have noticed, noticed, because these podcasts are largely unedited, apart from the, the sound is, uh, and a few other things have changed. But we've let the dog in. Assume it's skittering around in a stupid way. Oh my god, it's now jumped up. It's, it's going to turn off the tape recorder soon. Yeah. Sorry, you were saying. Yes. Yeah, so about feminism. 
So I think I think feminism. Look, it makes me embarrassed to be a woman for a start. The third wave feminists are so destructive, and they're so they're so irrational, and they're so angry, um, and they're so um, out of control. And actually, I went to a awful event with Roxanne Gay and Christina Hoff Summers in Melbourne about three weeks ago. Yes. It was meant to be a debate. There were about, oh, I don't know, 900 people there. Yeah. Most of them were third wave feminists. Right. Um, there were about 10 of us who weren't. Right. Um, and they were, they were shouting her down. They were yelling and screaming. She'd had a, a much worse time in Sydney the previous night where they'd been throwing things at her on the stage. Um, and all this I, is at Christine Hoff Summers. This is at Christine Hoff Summers. Who yes. is a, she's American and yeah, she's, she's kind of... She's a feminist though. She's a sec, what, second wave feminist? She's or, a second, or, I suppose she's a second wave. wave. Yeah, she's not, she, look, she, she's a feminist. She's, she's pro-abortion. She's, she would normally fit the, the sort of feminist, <laughs> sorry, the dog's distracting. The dog's just, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to talk about feminism and the dog's. Do you know what the funny. problem is? It's a bloody female it's dog. It's a female dog. She's, try, she's that trying is, to... They're trying to assert her stupid, stupidness. On anyway, us. look, the point is, I walked away from that event. I couldn't stand... I couldn't stay for question time because I knew how bad it was going to be. Yeah. Um, but I just thought these are the same women who went berserk during the French Revolution. The tricoteurs. They're the same ones. They're the same ones that were the most violent, the most, um, the most awful... Um, bloodthirsty women were yes. you know, the French women and, I, and, I'd and in the same way look, the women the ululating women on the Afghan plains who chopped the bollocks oh. off of, of, of you know, sort of red coats and, and stuffed them in their mouths they're the ones who do the really yeah, nasty look, stuff when they go bad they go really bad and yeah. these are the worst these are the worst people I think in society at the moment they are just appalling and if there'd been a guillotine there that that Christina Hoff Summers would have lost her head. If it had been seven, if it had been the 18th century, yes. there's no way she would have survived. Um, and they're the same, the same people reincarnated. And I think it's, I think it's really damaging. I think um, they just hate men. Yes, it's got nothing to do with. But this, with, this with has always course. been part of the female makeup, isn't it? It's a kind of love-hate relationship with 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 men. Is it though? I don't think so. I think I think. I don't think so. I think it's a it's a modern day thing. I think it's being it's being done. It's being imposed on us. Identity politics is dividing us. It's being it's telling us that that um, that we're being oppressed by men, um, and that men are the enemy. There's this idea of toxic masculinity. Masculinity that mm. you're born you're bad already. You don't have a chance if you're born a man. You're already bad. You know. Um, I, I think it's a modern day thing. I don't th- I don't think men and women have been enemies. Historically, to the to the degree that they're making us enemies now. Well, I think it's been a, it's a, it's a bit like Tom and Jerry. I mean, you look at you, you, you. How do we know about the relationship between men and women? We look at the okay, the Taming of the Shrew, mm. but then you go back to the the first work of Western literature. You mm. look at the the Iliad, mm. and there's a sort of you don't get the feeling there that the women hate the men, do you? No, I don't. Well, I mean, there's, there's, I, I don't get the feeling that. I mean, there's already. There's, I, I don't. I just don't get the feeling that there's been this, 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 this idea. There's never been in history this idea that one, one sex, and I'm not going to use the word gender because no, it's, no, it's, it's wrong anyway. Yeah. One sex has always been, um, has been is is inherently bad. I think this is the first. This is an invention of the 21st century. Yes. Um, it's very different to anything else that we've had we've had in, in history of Western civilization where you're born bad because you're born a male. 
Yes. Um, I, I, can you think of anywhere else where that has been propounded no, in history? I, no, I can't. I, I, you're right. I think we are living in absolutely extraordinary, unprecedented times. That, and, and, and the same goes, by the way, for being white. I don't think there's been any time in history where being white has actually been a bad thing that one should feel embarrassed about. And that actually that it could be punished by death, as we saw with that couple in South Africa who were, whose car ran out of, out of petrol 20 miles outside Joburg and just got executed by, by three passing black guys who don't like white people. And my, fi- my, my theory on that, by the way, is that, okay, so there's always been racial tension mm. in South Africa to a greater or lesser degree. But I think that the people who are making it that form of, ho- uh, of homicide justifiable intellectually are white liberals mm. in the West and that in South Africa that, that seeps into that kind of culture of guilt in South Africa to the point where even white South African lefties probably agree on some level that they've got it coming to them because historically they've been the oppressors. Well, that's certainly how, how it's taught in Australia. The whole race thing um, is, you know, you must be embarrassed because you're white and you must, you must, you know, the mea culpa, mea culpa, yeah. maxima culpa thing. And, um, and you wonder how, how, what the logical conclusion of that is then. If, 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 if it's bad being white and if it's bad being a male, then, then how do you proceed from that? What is the next step? Um, I've, I've seen in the universities this very anti-man movement. They keep having these, a couple of universities in Victoria, they've had these dreadful workshops where, where they're telling men to be less like men. So you have to, you know, just be more like a woman. Don't, don't have, don't engage in so much banter. Don't mm. be so masculine. Um, and they had another workshop recently where they just, they basically said um, that men shouldn't be in the class. So it's going to be a point where men will be banned. I think it's going to get to a point if things continue the way it will, that men are going to be banned from studying certain things. They won't be allowed to go to university. It's it's totally sexist. Yeah. Um, that's how I can see. I, I can't see any other way it can go unless everything is totally reversed and people see sense. But yes, I think that um, that men are responsible for this partly, and I don't mean men like me, not proper no, men, no, not no. manly men. <laughs> Lol. I mean what I would call manginas or mangini. I'm not sure what the technical uh, mangini. Probably. Yes. Manjani. Yeah. Um, people who, men who call themselves feminists. And there was a classic oh, example. The, the, the classic example of this. We have a comedian. I think. Um, oh, who was it? Um, a comedian who plays kind of sexist men on TV. His name will come back to me in a moment. Who wrote this book, a sort of self-hating book about his male awfulness in which he kind of presented his bollocks. To, mm. to womankind and said, here are my yes, bollocks. Please take, take them, them away. Take them away for I am not worthy to yeah. have them. Or as they say in Spanish, no, no tiene cojones. Yeah. yeah. Did they actually say that? Yeah, no tiene cojones. You don't, he doesn't have I, You see, I, I wonder whether there are cultures out there which are going to be doing our job for us, uh, I mean, as in Western civilization, and resisting this. And I would imagine that your, the culture of your heritage... Surely, surely the the, the Hispanics uh, aren't going to buy into this this stuff so much. I'd hope so, but I, look, I don't know. It's it's the Anglosphere that seems to be 
most hit by all this all this stuff. Yes, I don't know what's going on in 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 France and Spain and Italy in terms of the, the gender stuff and the, Surely and the feminism. Not. Surely I think not it's Italy. I, 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 I you'd hope not. You really, but would I'm hope sure not. that that it will be it'll be somehow it'll be being introduced in, into the younger people. I, I I can't see why they'd be let off the let off the hook. But but yeah, you're trying to say that culturally culturally there might be some kind of um, resistance to it yeah yes mm. well in in the same way i'm i'm encouraged by the kind of the racism of the japanese and the chinese it, it, they're not buying into all this kind of multi-culti, no, not, not at all multicultural stuff no and uh i mean that gives me hope my 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 eldest eldest boy um is is in hong kong and he's just had a baby with his, with, with his, um, with his Hong Kong, Hong Kong Chinese wife. Yes. And the, in, in the maternity, maternity ward or the hospitals, uh, he heard all the nurses referring to it as the foreign baby. Really? Yeah. yeah. Still? Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I thought that, I love them for that. But there's so many Absolutely. experts in Hong Kong, I'm quite surprised. Yeah, but it was, a, it was a, it was a public right, maternity okay. hospital and, yeah. and, but I just just thought they were so cool about it. They didn't make any pretense that you know that is the foreign baby, even though even though she looks she looks Chinese. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was great. Um, anyway, that that by the way, so going going back to feminism, um, the third wave variety. Mm. Where where do you see it coming from? How, how did it, how did it come about? Um, well, I can see it coming from the establishment of the gender studies departments. Yes. In the universities. The so that, that started stuff. when? So, 60s, so right. I mean, you've got crazy Simone de Beauvoir saying, saying that, um, and, and Judith Butler saying that gender is a social construct. Um, so Simone de Beauvoir. Yeah, she was... I, the, I haven't read any of her stuff. I've only heard a sort of reference in Lloyd Cole songs and stuff. She was one of the, 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 the authors of, the, of this third wave feminism. Was I'm sure. she? I mean, I could be wrong on that, but I, she, she introduced this idea that, that, um, that, that being a woman is just is a, is a, is a social construct that it's got nothing to do with right with, with how, with how and presumably born. when she was doing it when she was advancing that silly notion it was kind of kind of oh chic yeah it would have been completely rat- chic yeah, yeah, cutting edge yeah. um, but and also confined within the sort of that that uh, confined that the problem with with this with this stuff now is that it's being it's being imposed on society all the stuff that's going on in universities all the gender stuff all yes. the feminist critiques and everything that is now becoming mainstream. And that's the thing that that I keep writing about and keep arguing every time I see a sign that it is being imposed on us by through our taxes. That's where I, that's why I keep pointing it out. That's why they we recently had um, a Victorian government department that is introducing a thing called They Day, um, where every month you have to use the pronouns they. No. Yes. So just run that by me again. So every month, yeah, one day, one day a month, yeah, you're compelled to use the pronouns they, the they pronoun rather than he or she. Compelled by whom? By by the department. It's one of the state departments. There's the the state government departments. I can't. I think it was the Department of Health and Human Services. But how do they enforce? The, 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 just well, just their the, just their employees. Yes, and they're calling it they day. So the question is: so if you don't turn up on that day, you're going to be known to be a to be a, a non-participant. Yes. That, 
that stupid sorry. dog's tail sorry. is actually sorry. hitting the microphone. I anyway, look, we keep, I keep, shoot this I keep dog. Not, not talking about feminism. I know you want to talk about feminism, no, but no, no, but, this, but this it's is all fascinating. It's, all, it's sort of all related. All the gender stuff. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad in Australia that the gender stuff is terrible. Um, last year, they uh, a city council was going to ban all books in libraries yeah. and kindergartens that were too gender normative. So they're going to. But get that's rid like of, everything written before yes. about two thousand and ten. They were going to get rid of. Um, 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 Noddy, um, what's the train one again? Thomas the Tank Thomas Engine. Tank Engine, yeah. Anything that was too boy, too boyish or too girlish, they right. would get rid of because they couldn't have such gender normative books for children in there. And this is coming straight out of the universities and then being imposed on the public by by the yeah. government, by by city councils, by state government. It's it's just so crazy. So, have you looked into what what kind of stuff they study on gender studies courses? Yeah, I've read. I've read a lot of the um, the blurbs. Oh, and tell me what what, what do they study? I, well, it's just it's like a parody. I, I, I can't even tell. It's it's all about um, gender being a social construct. It's all about. Um, well, I'd have to I'd have to look one up. I do they do they not to use use a lefty word? Do they not interrogate their own narrative? They do. Well, they don't even. Do they have any narrative anymore? I think that's actually probably too too academic. A, a, a way of looking at it. It's all about... Um, too rigorous a way. Too mean, rigorous a way. Yeah, it's too rigorous, using the word interrogate. Um, it's, it's, it's just it's, accepted as a given. It's that, just that, accepted that, as a given. Right. Yeah. Right. But but it's, it seems to me such a sort of non-subject. I mean, you might as well um, study the world from the point of view of the colour red. Oh, look, it's a, total, it's a total waste of time, but unfortunately they're all getting jobs in HR departments. Mm. Um, and then write ah. and imposing and writing it into the policies. Have you? This is the this problem. Is, you, 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 you've nailed it now. Yeah. Have you read Vox Day's Social Justice Warriors Always Double Down or Social Justice Warriors Always I've, Lie? I've, 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 I haven't read the whole thing, but I, I you I've know what he says. That, that he 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 warns that that HR departments are where the rot sets in. Oh yes. And I see it across the across the board that. It starts in the in the HR department, but it but it infects the whole company, so that the parasite takes over the host. Yeah, and so suddenly your company becomes woke, even though what you wanted to do was to generate value for your customers by creating a product that people want to buy and selling it more efficiently and cheaply and better quality than anyone else is mm -hmm. capable of, and suddenly your goal becomes. Diversity. Well, it's called woke capitalism. Mm. This is the new phrase for it: woke capitalism. I don't know. I never heard. Yeah, the so this is quite recent, um, and it's wonderful when it goes wrong. So Gillette, for example. Yes. With the this this terrible ad that they came up with um, about at the beginning of the year, I'm sure you saw it. I did see it. Um, their sales have 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 apparently suffered as a result. Have they though? Because yes. you see, uh, they've just brought out a new advert in which a woman. Calling herself a man. Oh no! Shaves. Oh no! Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's that's right. A father introduces his son, lol, not <laughs> just i.e. a daughter, to the joys of shaving. Now that would suggest to me that either they're on a suicide mission, or that actually the laws of uh, go woke, get broke, or get woke go broke is, um, is, don't is, don't actually apply. Because we saw that with the Nike advert, with yeah. the, the Colin Kaepernick yes. advert, where where we all thought on the right 
this is going to so fuck mm. Nike. Mm. They're never going to recover. And actually, it turned out that the the wokeness was appealing to their their target audience. And I wonder. Sorry, I've just suddenly run out of steam. No, that's all right. Really no, no, I, um, I, I get. Look, this is. By the way, what yeah. you're experiencing now is Ugh. what I've I get from my brain really fog from, from really Lyme hard. disease. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just awful. like jet lag. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to be optimistic and hope that most people would see how bad these ads are. Yeah. But perhaps, perhaps I'm being overly optimistic, and most people are woke. Most of the younger people are woke. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go, and either I'm going to make lunch, or I'm going. Well, I'm going to show you this interesting cultural thing, um, and then your brain can recover, and maybe we'll do a bit more after that. So, um, more in a moment. So, we've been for our walk, but by by the miracle of of technology even though it seems like nothing has happened, we've actually, like, two hours have elapsed. Um, you were telling me on the walk um, about the department you run at the Institute of Public Affairs, the OPA in Australia, which is a, I love it, it's a great Australian think tank. And you were saying that um, what, you, what you hear time and again from your donors and supporters is this despair at how the Australian education system is turning out people who've got no foundational knowledge of anything. Is that right? Yeah, so the, 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 our, our members are, um, are mostly concerned that their, their grandchildren are just not being taught the basics of, of how Australia came about as a, as a nation. They're not being taught how to read. They're not being taught how to write. They're essentially being turned into, you know, mini social justice warriors. Yeah. Um, and that's really evident with this climate change stuff. So they've been taking to the streets um, one day a week for the last six months. Have they? You've had this Almost, well. yeah. Oh. And sort of, you know, hijacking the, the centre of the city, um, complaining about how they're all going to die in... 12 years time is it 12 years time I think I the don't know, going but to they, do you know what they are all going to die that, yeah. that is a fact yeah they are all going to die not necessarily in 12 years no, time no, no. but the, the funny the latest one before the election was extremely um, they were extremely uh, uh, wound up because they're all terrified um, and there was a kid in a in a Sesame Street Elmo backpack that said he wanted to kill ScoMo really yep yep how old was the kid Oh, 12? I don't know. Right. Old enough to old enough to know what he was saying. This is this is what worries me about the this is this is what's changed I think in our lifetime since you and I were at, at university that the stakes have got so much higher and the aggression has got on the left. I don't think mm. it's, there's been a, a comparable hardening of the right, but on the left they really do think that it's kind of sort of acceptable to put right-wing people up against the wall because, hey, they're killing the planet or they're... Yeah, then these children, they generally believe this because they're being told by their teachers that that we're evil, that ScoMo is evil, that they're they're deliberately not doing anything about the fact that, that, you know, the world's going to end in 12 years' time. So you can sort of understand the children responding this way because they think that we're taking their future away from them. Yes. They genuinely believe that we're responsible for their imminent deaths. Um, so, so this is how they're responding. And there was one girl actually who was in, uh, who was in, who was in tears. She was putting on a really good show, um, and it was broadcast on all the news items. Of course, it was. And she was an actress. She was actually a child actor. Was she? Yes. Right. Yeah. She was very convincing. Well, what do we do to save Western civilization? How do, I mean, for example, 
What can we do about academe? Is it, is it over? Um, academe, as we know it, is over. We have to take academe out of the universities and, and, and translate it and put it somewhere else, which is what's going on, which is what's happening in this podcast, for example, yeah. um, which is what's happening in, um, in, in sort of what we're doing at the IPA is, is, is starting to run an IPA academy next month. Mm-hmm. So we're actually going to be holding a week of, of lectures and, and flying in academics from actually around the world as well right. and taking 20 kids and actually teaching them some decent some something something much more than they're learning at at, at school at university. So um, it'll be it'll be like one of those those um, science fiction movies where the planet has been destroyed and you go and colonize a new a new world and try and create all this, recreate all that was best about the old world and that's what you're doing with these twenty these twenty children. Yeah, will be the only educated people in that's the entirety it. of Australia. That's it. They'll be the future. They are the future. They get There's only twenty people. No, look, I, I exaggerate. There, there are some. We've got a lot of young members. We've got over a thousand members under twenty-five. Um, right. And they are extremely knowledgeable. And I'm amazed at the conversations I have with them. They're twenty, twenty-one years old. I knew nothing when I was twenty-one. So where do they get the information? From? They get the, They get it from the internet. They get from it from Delling, podcasts. Delling from Pod. Delling Poll. Yeah. Delling Pod. Yeah. All of them. Everything they know That's comes fantastic. from you. That's fantastic. Yeah. So look, there is. There is actually hope, but the, the hope is not in, in, in academe. It's, it's, there's no hope. It's, it's too entrenched in, in the humanities I'm talking about anyway. I feel that I owe Australia a debt because you know that, that Australia produced my, the, the man who formed me intellectually, Peter Conrad, who was a Tasmanian, left Tasmania to come to Oxford, study. I, I, maybe he was a Rhodes Scholar or something. Anyway, he got a place at Oxford and then became a fellow of All Souls at a very young age. He's, mm. he's absolutely brilliant. He's, I don't think he's even got a, a doctorate. I don't think he, he ever... He didn't need one in those he days. He never did a doctorate, and yet he's, he was just... I was so lucky to be taught by him. Mm. So if I can do my bit to us to thank Australia for... Who would have thought that an Australian would have, would have thought, would have thought, formed the mind of an Englishman? And, and a Taswegian, we call them Taswegian, as, as, as uh, even, even more amazing. Well, exactly, because they're not known for that. <laughs> no. And, but, but you think about the Australians who came over to Britain in the 1960s, Clive James, yes. um, Dame Edna. Dame Edna. <laughs> Barry Humphreys. That's right. Jermaine um, Greer. Jermaine Greer. You yeah. had some really I bright know. people. I know. And I wonder whether it's even possible to have such people now. Well, I think, you know, as I was saying to you earlier, if you do want a decent education in the humanities, you do have to leave now. Um, and I think there's some very bright Australians, but they're who've studied art and history and and uh, English literature, but they're not necessarily in Australia. Mm. Um, I think they've had to come come to England and and stay here. I think there's a, there are a million Australians living in in England. Um, Right. That's quite a lot. That's. I mean, that was a few years ago. It could be different now, but there's there's certainly a sense that that if you want to get a decent education, you still have to you have to come you have to go somewhere else. Yes. Although I wonder whether they could go in England now. I mean, I I know that the education I had is no longer available at Oxford. No, but it, there's still there's there's much more variety. I've had a look at a few sort of university websites just out of interest to the history yeah. degrees. You can still learn something. Can it's, you? It's not. It's not. It's if you have no idea how bad it is when you look at the courses in. You know, and I was I was being kind when I said three quarters of the the Australian history subjects are identity politics because that's just from the course descriptions. Right. But guaranteed that if you actually sat in on the class yeah, in yeah. a semester, you'd get you'd get it. It would be in there somewhere in one of the lectures. You just have to. It's the orthodoxy. The, this is the sad thing that you told me about about your your doctorate, and it wasn't tainted by 
identity politics no. or the other day. It, it was pure history in the way that I would imagine that history should be taught. And yet you would never get a job no. in academe. Where are the where are the Bella de Brera's in in you, nowhere to be found? They're doing other things, or they're 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 self they're writing books and in you know in the background, or they're just not anywhere. They're not going anywhere near academia. That is a terrible indictment of mm. our culture. There ought to be at least one university in Australia, in the same way that America has got Hillsdale College. Well, we have a small college, Campion College, right. which is a a a, 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 a very valiant. Um, sort of liberal arts college. Yeah. They do three years of um, a wonderful education of Latin and Greek and, and everything do that they? people should know. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Where's it based? It's in um, Sydney. It's in New South Wales. It's about right. 45 minutes from Sydney. Um, and they produce wonderful graduates every year who go out into the world and then they end up doing other degrees because they end up doing teaching or something else. So we're actually, they're actually producing really amazing young young people. Have you got to be Catholic together? No. No. No, not at all. Um, and I've been, and I gave a, I gave a talk um, about a year ago, and it was just the best atmosphere. It was the most amazing atmosphere of any institution I've been to of higher learning. Just everybody was just so happy to be there. Um, there was not, there was no, you know, no angry lefties on campus, no women's room with a Y, you know, no safe spaces, no trigger warnings, nothing. Just pure, pure education. Yes. And but they're struggling because they don't get any government funding. You know, it's all, um, it's a struggle for them. And it, and it shouldn't be. But but you see, Hillsdale has no, is, is richly funded because so many conservatives are, are keen to... I know, but the Americans the are, are wonderful with their with their sort of, their donations and that, but we just don't have that in Australia. It's the same mm. as there's not that sort of philanthropy in, in England either. No, there it isn't. It just doesn't exist. No, we, we believe too much in the state yes. over here. Yes, yes. Um, which is, of course, the problem with a big state. It, it, it reduces private charity. yeah. This is what's this is what's going on in Australia. This is what I was saying to you earlier. That the, you know the forty three cookie cutter universities that are just funded by government government money and 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 edu- international if, students. If a university gets the money, regardless of of the, of the, the quality of its education, yeah. of course it's going to give. You a teach shit. whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. They should. They should. They need to. They need to actually cease government funding for the humanities, and then start teaching something decent. And they'll suddenly realise that they have to give. They have to teach a course on Western civilization if they want to attract the students. I've suddenly remembered the thing that I wanted to talk to you about, mm. um, about women. <laughs> right. Is that women with a Y? W-Y-N. Well, women, you, you, were, you were saying something which, I, of course, I totally agree with um, and one really can't say. So I think we, we so should let's, say let, let's, it. So let's not say it on so, the podcast. <laughs> really? No, you, well... You it's 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 a bit controversial. But it, we, we can go there. Yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. So, so I, tell me tell me what you said. I can I blame my brother for this one? Yeah, yeah. This is actually his idea. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, let's not let's okay, not bring okay, him no. into this. Um, it was it was the fact that it, in today's society, women generally vote. What I would say the wrong way. They generally vote left. They generally. Do you know who says this? Social, who? Stephen Molyneux. Does he? You listen to the De- Stephen Molyneux podcast. He he. Oh, I can't remember whether we actually mentioned it on the podcast i think we did but he talks about this exactly this that women vote for a government which gives which them is everyth- going to look after them but in doing so they're killing this is what's happening isn't it that our culture because because men are no longer the breadwinners mm. they are losing their sense of purpose the suicide rate is yeah. rocketing yeah. and which doesn't doesn't sit well with the mass the, the toxic masculinity narrative at all they just does it some you know how 
it's it's it, it completely undermines the narrative that that of this toxic to- toxic male thing that it completely undermines the idea of the the men being the oppressors if they're committing suicide like what it's it's crazy. Uh, yeah. And also, I, I very much agree with, I think it's another Christopher Booker line, that, that, that men and women separately are, they're not, it's not meant to be. We are meant to be this kind of whole thing. That, mm. that, that, that's, that's how it should work. Yes. And any cultural trend which splits us asunder is diminishing everything that makes our civilization tick. Yes, well, I mean, the, the family is the foundation is the foundation of the of, of society. You conservative, you. Yes, and da- once you, you dangerous radical. And then isn't it a crazy idea? And yeah. then once you destroy the family, and that you know, in destroying the family, it's essentially pitting the 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 the, the, the husband against the wife, or the, the the man against the the woman. Yeah. Um, and then everything else falls apart after that, and and that's what we're seeing. And um, and then so in these broken families and these all the the sort of the single mothers, they're voting for the state that will look after them because that male figure isn't looking after them anymore there's no and your that. your delicious con- uh, conclusion from this was that some women really shouldn't have the vote <laughs> oh gosh well i think the women who are going to vote for the the wrong party shouldn't have the vote but then how do you, this is the problem well, with this i know thing. it is yeah. oh, we aren't seriously going to no, reverse, we're not, we're reverse not universal absolutely suffrage. not nevertheless i i do agree with the tenor of your argument that that just like girls they're causing real trouble in the world they right are now. they are well, I think on that note, we'll leave it there. Uh, I, <laughs> I hope I still have a job. Thank you. I hope I still have a job by the time I get back to Australia. Yeah, Maybe course, release this you, after I've gone Of course you back. will. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for coming all the way from the, from the bottom of the world to come and, and see me. I'm, I'm really touched. And, and I will come out. Australians, next year. Get ready. I'm get, yeah, you be there or, 2020. or don't be. Yeah, <laughs> great. All right. Listening to The Delling Pod with me, James Dellingpod, and my very special guest, friend so guest um bella de, Ber- de brera thank you thank you bye-bye you're listening to Dell and Ho, baby you know that he's can come and he's been talking for so long you know he's here to say he's got you in a Dell and Ho, baby it's time to make the day